the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Lonely, I'm so lonely. I'm just a lonely boy, lonely and blue. John Harrison here. This is the Bible Live Quiz Quiz Show, and I am feeling a little lonely because I'm all in the, I'm in the studio all by myself without our faithful host Soapy and his wonderful daughter Stacy. There, they are out tonight. And for those of you who are new to the program and don't don't know, Soapy had a stroke a few weeks ago, and you know. Uh, kind of like that John Lennon song, Beautiful Boy, where he says, every day, in every way, it's getting better and better. And that's what's happening with Soapy. I want to apply that to Soapy because he is getting better each week. And I just spoke to him earlier today, as a matter of fact, and he is sounding sounding better. In fact, he may be back here within the next couple of weeks. We don't know. Knock on wood. We can, we can, we, we can all pray. And speaking of praying... He wanted me to uh, thank everyone out there for all the good wishes, the prayers, and everything that you all have been doing for him in this uh, time of recovery. He he really, really appreciates it. And so thank you so much for, for all. Y'all are a, uh, he's a blessing to us for what he does with the Bible Live, and you guys are definitely a blessing to him. Uh, it works both ways. It works both ways. So thank you very much for, for, for all your care. And... Uh, as I said, if you're if you're a first-time listener and you've never listened to the Bible Live before, well, thank you for spending your Sunday evening with us. It's a very uplifting way, and it's a chance for you to uh, kind of take a journey through the Scripture. What Soapy does, and he's been doing this for over 20 years now, each year he takes the listeners on a, on a trip through the Bible. He each week he reads he, he he reads a passage from the Bible, and then on Sunday when you have the Bible Live Quiz Show, he and Stacy or whoever is in the studio with him will will discuss it, analyze it, you know, ask questions about it that, that people can call in and answer, and uh, you can always call in with questions with the comments and it doesn't necessarily have to directly relate to the passages that week if, if it's something uh religious themed biblical themed call in uh we're suspending that tonight be- of course because uh, no soapy no stacy no guest host or anybody like that but uh he, as i say he's been doing this for over 20 years 
and uh, it's it's you know you stay with him for like the year, and you will have heard the entire Bible, and uh, you can hear the passages there on on the website BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com, and then on Sundays you come here just like you are right now, and you listen to the Bible Live Quiz Show right here. Right here, this KSLR here in San Antonio, but you might be listening to us through the internet, on Alexa. There's different ways to 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 uh, catch the Bible live. You may be listening to it. Yeah, who knows? So uh, we appreciate you stopping by, and uh, we're just going to let Soapy pretty much, what we're going to be doing is playing three of the uh, readings from this past week in, in, from the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel. So uh, why don't we just get into it and let our faithful host, Soapy... Get well, Soapy. We look forward to having you in this seat as soon as possible. And now, here's Soapy Dollar and the Bible Live. As always, giving you thanks for being along with us for the Bible Live program. We're going to be reading from the book of 1 Samuel. We have made our way through chapter 17. This is a transition book from the time of the judges to the time of the king. They entered into the promised land under the leadership of Joshua. Then they have the times of the judges right on up to close to 400 years before the reign of King Saul, who had a very tenuous reign. His time really controlling and directing and guiding the nation was very limited because very early on he left the path of God. He never caught the vision of who Israel was, the exceptionalism of the people of Israel as a nation, that they were called to be a light to the nations. They were called to live in a different way, not to follow after the other gods, the primitive gods of the pagan nations that were no gods at all. He never understood that the God of the Scriptures is the true and living God who is carrying out a unique work of revelation using the nation of Israel and the people of Israel. He never got that vision and so therefore fell off the path very, very quickly as seen in his refusal to battle and destroy the people of Amalek, which had a very intentional pagan mentality, pagan philosophy, rejecting intentionally the true and living God, the idea of God. That's what we've gotten to in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. We'll pick up there tonight in verse 20. But before we do that, let's flip over in our Bibles to the Psalms and the Proverbs. Psalm 57, God's faithful help and love in times of trouble. Psalm 57, have mercy on me, O God, have mercy. I look to you for protection. I will hide beneath the shadow of your wings until this violent storm is past. I cry out to God Most High, to God who will fulfill His purpose for me. He will send help from heaven to save me, rescuing me from those who are out to get me. My God will send forth His unfailing love and faithfulness. I am surrounded by fierce lions who greedily devour human prey, whose teeth pierce like spears and arrows, and whose tongues cut like swords. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. My enemies have set a trap for me. I am weary from distress. They have dug a deep pit in my path, but they themselves have fallen into it. My heart is confident in you, O God. No wonder I can sing your praises. 
Wake up, my soul, wake up, O harp and lyre. I will waken the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, in front of all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations. For your unfailing love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. End of reading Psalm 57. When we face trials, David says, God will quiet our hearts and give us confidence. I hope that's your experience today right here in 21st century America. Well, we pick up now with the story of Saul, who started off well with a lot of potential, but then stumbled. And now we're picking up and watching the experience of a young man named David. 1 Samuel 17:20 through 20:17. 1 Samuel 17. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts. He arrived at the outskirts of the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israelite and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was talking with them, he saw Goliath, the champion from Gath, come out from the Philistine ranks, shouting his challenge to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant? the men were asking. He comes out each day to challenge Israel. And have you heard about the huge reward the king has offered to anyone who kills him? The king will give him one of his daughters for a wife, and his whole family will be exempted from paying taxes. David talked to some others standing there to verify the report. What will a man get for killing this Philistine and putting an end to this abuse of Israel, he asked them. Who is this pagan Philistine anyway, that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And David received the same reply as before. What you have been hearing is true. That is the reward for killing the giant. But when David's oldest brother Eliab heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and dishonesty. You just want to see the battle. What have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. He walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Then David's question was reported to King Saul and the king sent for him. Don't worry about a thing, David told Saul. I'll go fight this Philistine. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There is no way you can go against this Philistine. You are only a boy, and he has been in the army since he was a boy. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and take the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who saved me from the claws of the lion and the bear will save me from this Philistine. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. 
David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested. I'm not used to them. So he took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd's bag. Then, armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across to fight Goliath. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield-bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. David shouted in reply, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel, and everyone will know that the Lord does not need weapons to rescue his people. It is his battle, not ours. The Lord will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it from his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in, and Goliath stumbled and fell face downward to the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine giant with only a stone and sling. And since he had no sword, he ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used it to kill the giant and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. Then the Israelites gave a great shout of triumph and rushed after the Philistines, chasing them as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. The bodies of the dead and wounded Philistines were strewn all along the road from Sha'araim as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the Israelite army returned and plundered the deserted Philistine camp. David took Goliath's head to Jerusalem, but he stored the Philistines' armor in his own tent. As Saul watched David go out to fight Goliath, he asked Abner, the general of his army, Abner, whose son is he? I really don't know, Abner said. We'll find out, the king told him. After David had killed Goliath, Abner brought him to Saul with the Philistines' head still in his hand. Tell me about your father, my boy. Saul said. And David replied, His name is Jesse, and we live in Bethlehem. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. 1 Samuel 18. After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond of love between them, and they became best of friends. From that day on, Saul kept David with him at the palace and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a special vow to be David's friend, and he sealed the pact by giving him his robe, tunic, sword, bow, and belt. Whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. So Saul made him a commander in his army, an appointment that was applauded by the fighting men and officers alike. But something happened when the victorious Israelite army was returning home after David had killed Goliath. Women came out from all the towns along the way to celebrate and to cheer for King Saul, and they sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. This was their song. Saul has killed his thousands, and David his ten thousands. This made Saul very angry. What's this, he said. They credit David with ten thousands, and me with only thousands? Next, they'll be making him their king. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. 
The very next day, in fact, a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul, and he began to rave like a madman. David began to play the harp as he did whenever this happened. But Saul, who had a spear in his hand, suddenly hurled it at David, intending to pin him to the wall. But David jumped aside and escaped. This happened another time, too, for Saul was afraid of him, and he was jealous because the Lord had left him and was now with David. Finally, Saul banned him from his presence and appointed him commander over only a thousand men. But David faithfully led his troops into battle. David continued to succeed in everything he did, for the Lord was with him. When Saul recognized this, he became even more afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he was so successful at leading his troops into battle. One day Saul said to David, I am ready to give you my older daughter Merab as your wife, but first you must prove yourself to be a real warrior by fighting the Lord's battles. For Saul thought to himself, I'll send him out against the Philistines and let them kill him rather than doing it myself. Who am I and what is my family in Israel that I should be the king's son-in-law, David exclaimed. My father's family is nothing. So when the time came for the wedding, Saul gave Merab in marriage to Adriel, a man from Meholah. In the meantime, Saul's daughter Michael had fallen in love with David, and Saul was delighted when he heard about it. Here's another chance to see him killed by the Philistines, Saul said to himself. But to David he said, I have a way for you to become my son-in-law after all. Then Saul told his men to say confidentially to David, The king really likes you, and so do we. Why don't you accept the king's offer and become his son-in-law? When Saul's men said these things to David, he replied, How can a poor man from a humble family afford the bride price for the daughter of a king? When Saul's men reported this back to the king, he told them, Tell David that all I want for the bride price is 100 Philistine foreskins. Vengeance on my enemies is all I really want. But what Saul had in mind was that David would be killed in the fight. David was delighted to accept the offer. So before the time limit expired, he and his men went out and killed 200 Philistines and presented all their foreskins to the king. So Saul gave Michael to David to be his wife. When the king realized how much the Lord was with David and how much Michael loved him, he became even more afraid of him, and he remained David's enemy for the rest of his life. Whenever the Philistine army attacked, David was more successful against them than all the rest of Saul's officers. So David's name became very famous throughout the land. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. 1 Samuel 19. Saul now urged his servants and his son Jonathan to assassinate David. But Jonathan, because of his close friendship with David, told him what his father was planning. Tomorrow morning, he warned him, you must find a hiding place out in the fields. I'll ask my father to go out there with me, and I'll talk to him about you. Then I'll tell you everything I can find out. The next morning, Jonathan spoke with his father about David, saying many good things about him. Please don't sin against David, Jonathan pleaded. He's never done anything to harm you. He has always helped you in any way he could. Have you forgotten about the time he risked his life to kill the Philistine giant? and how the Lord brought a great victory to Israel as a result. You were certainly happy about it then. Why should you murder an innocent man like David? There is no reason for it at all. So Saul listened to Jonathan and vowed, As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be killed. Afterward, Jonathan called David and told him what had happened. Then he took David to see Saul, and everything was as it had been before. 
War broke out shortly after that, and David led his troops against the Philistines. He attacked them with such fury that they all ran away. But one day, as Saul was sitting at home, the tormenting spirit from the Lord suddenly came upon him again. As David played his harp for the king, Saul hurled his spear at David in an attempt to kill him. But David dodged out of the way and escaped into the night, leaving the spear stuck in the wall. Then Saul sent troops to watch David's house. They were told to kill David when he came out the next morning. But Michael, David's wife, warned him, If you don't get away tonight, you will be dead by morning. So she helped him climb out through a window, and he escaped. Then she took an idol and put it in his bed, covered it with blankets, and put a cushion of goat's hair at its head. When the troops came to arrest David, she told them he was sick and couldn't get out of bed. Then bring him to me in his bed, Saul ordered, so I can kill him as he lies there. And he sent them back to David's house. But when they came to carry David out, they discovered that it was only an idol in the bed with a cushion of goat's hair at its head. Why have you tricked me and let my enemy escape, Saul demanded of Michael. I had to, Michael replied. He threatened to kill me if I didn't help him. So David got away and went to Ramah to see Samuel, and he told him all that Saul had done to him. Then Samuel took David with him to live at Naioth. When the report reached Saul that David was at Naioth in Ramah, he sent troops to capture him. But when they arrived and saw Samuel and the other prophets prophesying, the Spirit of God came upon Saul's men, and they also began to prophesy. When Saul heard what had happened, he sent other troops, but they too prophesied. The same thing happened a third time. Finally, Saul himself went to Ramah and arrived at the great well in Seku. Where are Samuel and David, he demanded. They are at Naioth in Ramah, someone told him. But on the way to Naioth, the Spirit of God came upon Saul, and he too began to prophesy. He tore off his clothes and lay on the ground all day and all night, prophesying in the presence of Samuel. The people who were watching exclaimed, What? Is Saul a prophet too? You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Samuel 20 David now fled from Naioth in Ramah and found Jonathan. What have I done? he exclaimed. What is my crime? How have I offended your father that he is so determined to kill me? That's not true, Jonathan protested. I'm sure he's not planning any such thing, for he always tells me everything he's going to do, even the little things. I know he wouldn't hide something like this from me. It just isn't so. Then David took an oath before Jonathan and said, Your father knows perfectly well about our friendship. So he has said to himself, I won't tell Jonathan. Why should I hurt him? But I swear to you that I am only a step away from death. I swear it by the Lord and by your own soul. Tell me what I can do, Jonathan exclaimed. David replied, Tomorrow we celebrate the new moon festival. I've always eaten with your father on this occasion, but tomorrow I'll hide in the field and stay there until the evening of the third day. If your father asks where I am, tell him I ask permission to go home to Bethlehem for an annual family sacrifice. If he says fine, then you will know all is well. But if he is angry and loses his temper, then you will know he was planning to kill me. Show me this kindness as my sworn friend, for we made a covenant together before the Lord. Or kill me yourself if I have sinned against your father. But please don't betray me to him. Never, Jonathan exclaimed. You know that if I had the slightest notion my father was planning to kill you, I would tell you at once. 
Then David asked, How will I know whether or not your father is angry? Come out to the field with me, Jonathan replied, and they went out there together. Then Jonathan told David, I promise by the Lord, the God of Israel, that by this time tomorrow or the next day at the latest, I will talk to my father and let you know at once how he feels about you. If he speaks favorably about you, I will let you know. But if he is angry and wants you killed, may the Lord kill me if I don't warn you so you can escape and live. May the Lord be with you as he used to be with my father. And may you treat me with the faithful love of the Lord as long as I live. But if I die, treat my family with this faithful love, even when the Lord destroys all your enemies. So Jonathan made a covenant with David, saying, May the Lord destroy all your enemies. And Jonathan made David reaffirm his vow of friendship again, for Jonathan loved David as much as he loved himself. End of reading, 1 Samuel 17, 20 through 2017. Well, there's the music. That means we're getting ready to go to a break. There'll be more readings and more insights into arguably the the most significant book ever written in the history of mankind, the Bible. Stay tuned. The Bible Live will return in just a moment. What is that to And that's the band Ocean. Put your hand in the hand. Taking you back to the 70s, you remember when the whole Jesus revolution was happening, there were a lot of Christian-type songs on the radio. My Sweet Lord, uh, Put Your Hand in the Hand, Day by Day, Spirit in the Sky. Oh, a whole bunch of songs like like that. That uh, Bridge Over Troubled Water, Everything is Beautiful. Maybe we need another Jesus revolution. Well, I'm just going to jump right into it. 
let Soapy do the talking. Being our biblical interpreter here and taking us back into 1 Samuel right here on the Bible Live Quiz Show. 1 Samuel, picking up in chapter 25. But right now, let's go to Psalm 59, talking about the time that David was rescued from Saul's attempt to kill him in his own home. Psalm 59. Rescue me from my enemies, O God. Protect me from those who have come to destroy me. Rescue me from these criminals. Save me from these murderers. They have set an ambush for me. Fierce enemies are out there waiting, though I have done them no wrong, O Lord. Despite my innocence, they prepare to kill me. Rise up and help me. Look on my plight. O Lord God Almighty, the God of Israel, rise up to punish hostile nations. Show no mercy to wicked traitors. They come at night, snarling like vicious dogs as they prowl the streets. Listen to the filth that comes from their mouths, the piercing swords that fly from their lips. Who can hurt us, they sneer. But, Lord, you laugh at them. You scoff at all the hostile nations. You are my strength. I wait for you to rescue me. For you, O God, are my place of safety. In his unfailing love, my God will come and help me. He will let me look down in triumph on all my enemies. Don't kill them, for my people soon forget such lessons. Stagger them with your power and bring them to their knees, O Lord, our shield. Because of the sinful things they say, because of the evil that is on their lips, let them be captured by their pride, their curses, and their lies. Destroy them in your anger. Wipe them out completely. Then the whole world will know that God reigns in Israel. My enemies come out at night, snarling like vicious dogs as they prowl the streets. They scavenge for food, but go to sleep unsatisfied. But as for me, I will sing about your power. I will shout with joy each morning because of your unfailing love. For you have been my refuge, a place of safety in the day of distress. O my strength, to you I sing praises. For you, O God, are my refuge, the God who shows me unfailing love. End of reading, Psalm 59. You do remember the occasion, right, when Saul sent soldiers to David's house just after he had married Saul's daughter, Michael, and uh, Michael actually saves David, and this psalm is written about that occasion. I'm going to have to look at that. That is powerful teaching for us tonight on the Bible Live. The problems that David faces, maybe one of the reasons that David became a man after God's own heart, he experienced a lot of difficulties, a lot of hardship, a lot of pressures in his life, and maybe that kept him on his knees before God, that kept him humble and broken. Well, let's move from our consideration of the psalm, Psalm 59 that we read, to the book of 1 Samuel, picking up at verse 2 in chapter 25. In verse 1, we had the announcement of the death of Samuel. We started out looking at Eli, Samuel, and Saul. We're picking up now with David as he flees from an enraged and paranoid Saul. David meets a woman tonight. He's already married to Saul's daughter, Michael. But tonight he meets a lady named Abigail, very impressive woman. 
see how God brings her into his household. I know that we'll learn a lot here on The Bible Life. 1 Samuel 25, 2 through 28, 25. 1 Samuel 25. There was a wealthy man from Maon who owned property near the village of Carmel. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and it was sheep shearing time. This man's name was Nabal, and his wife Abigail was a sensible and beautiful woman. But Nabal, a descendant of Caleb, was mean and dishonest in all his dealings. When David heard that Nabal was shearing his sheep, he sent ten of his young men to Carmel. He told them to deliver this message, Peace and prosperity to you, your family, and everything you own. I am told that you are shearing your sheep and goats. While your shepherds stayed among us near Carmel, we never harmed them, and nothing was ever stolen from them. Ask your own servants, and they will tell you this is true. So would you please be kind to us, since we have come at a time of celebration. Please give us any provisions you might have on hand. David's young men gave this message to Nabal and waited for his reply. Who is this fellow David? Nabal sneered. Who does this son of Jesse think he is? There are lots of servants these days who run away from their masters. Should I take my bread and water and the meat I've slaughtered for my shearers and give it to a band of outlaws who come from who knows where? So David's messengers returned and told him what Nabal had said. Get your swords, was David's reply as he strapped on his own. Four hundred men started off with David, and two hundred remained behind to guard their equipment. Meanwhile, one of Nabal's servants went to Abigail and told her, David sent men from the wilderness to talk to our master, and he insulted them. But David's men were very good to us, and we never suffered any harm from them. Nothing was stolen from us the whole time they were with us. In fact, day and night, they were like a wall of protection to us and the sheep. You'd better think fast, for there is going to be trouble for our master and his whole family. He's so ill-tempered that no one can even talk to him. Abigail lost no time. She quickly gathered 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, nearly a bushel of roasted grain, 100 raisin cakes, and 200 fig cakes. She packed them on donkeys and said to her servants, Go on ahead, I will follow you shortly. But she didn't tell her husband what she was doing. As she was riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, she saw David and his men coming toward her. David had just been saying, A lot of good it did to help this fellow. We protected his flocks in the wilderness, and nothing he owned was lost or stolen. But he has repaid me evil for good. May God deal with me severely if even one man of his household is still alive tomorrow morning. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed low before him. She fell at his feet and said, I accept all blame in this matter, my lord. Please listen to what I have to say. I know Nabal is a wicked and ill-tempered man. Please don't pay any attention to him. He is a fool, just as his name suggests. But I never even saw the messengers you sent. Now, my lord, as surely as the lord lives and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands, let all your enemies be as cursed as Nabal is. And here is a present I have brought to you and your young men. Please forgive me if I have offended in any way. The Lord will surely reward you with a lasting dynasty, for you are fighting the Lord's battles, and you have not done wrong throughout your entire life. Even when you are chased by those who seek your life, you are safe in the care of the Lord your God, secure in his treasure pouch. 
but the lives of your enemies will disappear like stones shot from a sling. When the Lord has done all he promised and has made you leader of Israel, don't let this be a blemish on your record. Then you won't have to carry on your conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. And when the Lord has done these great things for you, please remember me. David replied to Abigail, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today. Thank God for your good sense. Bless you for keeping me from murdering the man and carrying out vengeance with my own hands. For I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept me from hurting you, that if you had not hurried out to meet me, not one of Nabal's men would be alive tomorrow morning. Then David accepted her gifts and told her, Return home in peace. We will not kill your husband. When Abigail arrived home, she found that Nabal had thrown a big party and was celebrating like a king. He was very drunk, so she didn't tell him anything about her meeting with David until the next morning. The next morning, when he was sober, she told him what had happened. As a result, he had a stroke, and he lay on his bed paralyzed. About ten days later, the Lord struck him, and he died. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Praise the Lord who has paid back Nabal and kept me from doing it myself. Nabal has received the punishment for his sin. Then David wasted no time in sending messengers to Abigail to ask her to become his wife. When the messengers arrived at Carmel, they told Abigail, David has sent us to ask if you will marry him. She bowed low to the ground and responded, Yes, I am even willing to become a slave to David's servants. Quickly getting ready, she took along five of her servant girls as attendants, mounted her donkey, and went with David's messengers. And so she became his wife. David also married Ahinoam from Jezreel, making both of them his wives. Saul, meanwhile, had given his daughter Michael, David's wife, to a man from Galim named Palti, son of Laish. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Samuel 26. Now some messengers from Ziph came back to Saul at Gebeah to tell him, David is hiding on the hill of Hakilah, which overlooks Jeshimon. So Saul took 3,000 of his best troops and went to hunt him down in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul camped along the road beside the hill of Hakilah near Jeshimon, where David was hiding. But David knew of Saul's arrival, so he sent out spies to watch his movements. David slipped over to Saul's camp one night to look around. Saul and his general, Abner, son of Ner, were sleeping inside a ring formed by the slumbering warriors. Will anyone volunteer to go in there with me? David asked Ahimelech the Hittite and Abishai, son of Zeruiah, Joab's brother. I'll go with you, Abishai replied. So David and Abishai went right into Saul's camp and found him asleep, with his spear stuck in the ground beside his head. Abner and the warriors were lying asleep around him. God has surely handed your enemy over to you this time, Abishai whispered to David. Let me thrust that spear through him. I'll pin him to the ground, and I won't need to strike twice. No, David said. Don't kill him, for who can remain innocent after attacking the Lord's anointed one? Surely the Lord will strike Saul down some day, or he will die in battle or of old age. But the Lord forbid that I should kill the one he has anointed. But I'll tell you what. We'll take his spear and his jug of water and then get out of here. So David took the spear and jug of water that were near Saul's head. Then he and Abishai got away without anyone seeing them or even waking up, because the Lord had put Saul's men into a deep sleep. 
David climbed the hill opposite the camp until he was at a safe distance. Then he shouted down to Abner and Saul, Wake up, Abner! Who is it? Abner demanded. Well, Abner, you're a great man, aren't you? David taunted. Where in all Israel is there anyone as mighty? So why haven't you guarded your master the king when someone came to kill him? This isn't good at all. I swear by the Lord that you and your men deserve to die because you failed to protect your master, the Lord's anointed. Look around. Where are the king's spear and the jug of water that were beside his head? Saul recognized David's voice and called out, Is that you, my son David? And David replied, Yes, my lord, the king. Why are you chasing me? What have I done? What is my crime? But now let my lord the king listen to his servant. If the Lord has stirred you up against me, then let him accept my offering. But if this is simply a human scheme, then may those involved be cursed by the Lord. For you have driven me from my home, so I can no longer live among the Lord's people and worship as I should. Must I die on foreign soil, far from the presence of the Lord? Why has the king of Israel come out to search for a single flea? Why does he hunt me down like a partridge on the mountains? Then Saul confessed, I have sinned. Come back home, my son, and I will no longer try to harm you. For you valued my life today. I have been a fool and very, very wrong. Here is your spear, O king, David replied. Let one of your young men come over and get it. The Lord gives his own reward for doing good and for being loyal, and I refuse to kill you even when the Lord placed you in my power, for you are the Lord's anointed one. Now may the Lord value my life, even as I have valued yours today. May he rescue me from all my troubles. And Saul said to David, Blessings on you, my son David. You will do heroic deeds and be a great conqueror. Then David went away. And Saul returned home. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Samuel 27 But David kept thinking to himself, Someday Saul is going to get me. The best thing for me to do is escape to the Philistines. Then Saul will stop hunting for me and I will finally be safe. So David took his 600 men and their families and went to live at Gath under the protection of King Achish. David brought his two wives along with him. Ahinoam of Jezreel, and Abigail of Carmel, Nabal's widow. Word soon reached Saul that David had fled to Gath, so he stopped hunting for him. One day David said to Achish, If it is all right with you, we would rather live in one of the country towns instead of here in the royal city. So Achish gave him the town of Ziklag, which still belongs to the kings of Judah to this day, and they lived there among the Philistines for a year and four months. David and his men spent their time raiding the Gersherites, the Gerzites, and the Amalekites, people who had lived near Shur along the road to Egypt since ancient times. David didn't leave one person alive in the villages he attacked. He took the sheep, cattle, donkeys, camels, and clothing before returning home to see King Achish. Where did you make your raid today, Achish would ask. And David would reply, against the south of Judah, the Jeromeelites, and the Kenites. No one was left alive to come to Gath and tell where he had really been. This happened again and again while he was living among the Philistines. Achish believed David and thought to himself, By now the people of Israel must hate him bitterly. Now he will have to stay here and serve me forever.
You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. 1 Samuel 28. About that time, the Philistines mustered their armies for another war with Israel. King Achish told David, You and your men will be expected to join me in battle. Very well, David agreed. Now you will see for yourself what we can do. Then Achish told David, I will make you my personal bodyguard for life. Meanwhile, Samuel had died and all Israel had mourned for him. He was buried at Ramah, his hometown, and Saul had banned all mediums and psychics from the land of Israel. The Philistines set up their camp at Shunem, and Saul and the armies of Israel camped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the vast Philistine army, he became frantic with fear. He asked the Lord what he should do, but the Lord refused to answer him, either by dreams or by sacred lots or by the prophets. Saul then said to his advisors, Find a woman who is a medium, so I can go and ask her what to do. His advisors replied, There is a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself by wearing ordinary clothing instead of his royal robes. Then he went to the woman's home at night, accompanied by two of his men. I have to talk to a man who has died, he said. Will you call up his spirit for me? Are you trying to get me killed? the woman demanded. You know that Saul has expelled all the mediums and psychics from the land. Why are you setting a trap for me? But Saul took an oath in the name of the Lord and promised, As surely as the Lord lives, nothing bad will happen to you for doing this. Finally the woman said, Well, whose spirit do you want me to call up? Call up Samuel, Saul replied. When the woman saw Samuel, she screamed, You deceived me! You are Saul! Don't be afraid, the king told her. What do you see? I see a god coming up out of the earth, she said. What does he look like, Saul asked. He is an old man wrapped in a robe, she replied. Saul realized that it was Samuel, and he fell to the ground before him. Why have you disturbed me by calling me back, Samuel asked. Because I am in deep trouble, Saul replied. The Philistines are at war with us, and God has left me and won't reply by prophets or dreams. So I have called for you to tell me what to do. But Samuel replied, Why ask me if the Lord has left you and become your enemy? The Lord has done just as he said he would. He has taken the kingdom from you and given it to your rival, David. The Lord has done this because you did not obey his instructions concerning the Amalekites. What's more, the Lord will hand you and the army of Israel over to the Philistines tomorrow, and you and your sons will be here with me. The Lord will bring the entire army of Israel down in defeat. Saul fell full length on the ground, paralyzed with fright because of Samuel's words. He was also faint with hunger, for he had eaten nothing all day and all night. When the woman saw how distraught he was, she said, Sir, I obeyed your command at the risk of my life. Now do what I say and let me give you something to eat so you can regain your strength for the trip back. But Saul refused. The men who were with him also urged him to eat, so he finally yielded and got up from the ground and sat on the couch. The woman had been fattening a calf, so she hurried out and killed it. She kneaded dough and baked unleavened bread. She brought the meal to Saul and his men, and they ate it. Then they went out into the night. End of reading, 1 Samuel 25, 2. This is John Harrison, and you're listening to the Bible Live Quiz Show this Sunday evening in March 26th, 
2023. And uh, we're about to wrap up the program here. Uh, just want to remind you, if you want to listen to these readings again, or you want to hear some of the other readings from earlier in the month, all you have to do is visit Soapy's website, the BibleLive.com. It's that simple, BibleLive.com, and look for podcast, and you click on that, and they'll, it's just a listing with links to, to listen to those and be enriched. And, uh, you know, with those readings and Soapy's uh, insight into the book of books, the Bible. Well, it's just about that time for us to say good night. And so I'm about to head out the door. Uh, keep Soapy in your thoughts and prayers. And uh, next week, next week we should have, we should have Stacy back here and maybe even Soapy in the next couple of weeks. I, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Keep praying for him. Soapy, we're thinking about you. We love you. And uh, we love our listeners as well. Thank you. This is the Bible Live Quiz Show. We'll be back next week, 9, p- 9 p.m. right here. So do return. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live Broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>